This episode of the DLU podcast is brought to you by Goalie Nutrition. As someone who's used Goalie for quite some time, I can tell you that they're not only very good, but they're very beneficial. My favorite are the Super Green Gummies. The Super Green Gummies are uniquely crafted with a spectrum of essential nutrients such as vitamins A, B12, folic acid, and theamine. It supports a healthy liver function, healthy nervous and immune system, digestive health, a boost to your metabolism, and overall health and well-being. There are no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or colors from artificial sources. They're vegan-friendly, gluten-free, and gelatin-free. All loyal listeners of the DLU podcast get a special 10% discount at checkout. Go to Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. That's Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. This podcast is a Believe Network and Luciete production. Welcome to another edition of the DLU Podcast brought to you by Believe Network. I'm your host, Derek T. Lewis. Uh, before I start uh, this episode, I know last week I opened it on a some more somber note, and uh, I could, it's crazy how life is. Um, the day after, um, actually the day that the podcast aired on last Thursday, um, Triple H, um, WWE's um, chief content officer, had tweeted around maybe five 30 in the afternoon or maybe 6 in the evening that um, Wyndham Rotunda, um, known to the world as Bray Wyatt, uh, had passed away at age 36, um, took my breath away immediately, and the whole wrestling world was, was hurting, um, both um, wrestlers, talent, and fans alike. Um, Bray was a, a unique character. Um, he, was, he was very creative. Um, he, he was an incredible storyteller, and he took you on a journey. He took you on a ride, you know, every time he was on TV. And I happened to be at his return um, last October in Philadelphia at Extreme Rules. And, you know, I was at, at um, Raw 30 in Philly where um, Bray Wyatt and The Undertaker had a really cool moment in the ring. So, you know, God bless his family, um, JoJo, um, his uh, brace for kids, um, Bray's dad, uh, Mike Rotunda, and his brother Taylor, his uh, sister Micah, of course his mom, and like I said, all the wrestlers that has either worked with him or knew or knew him. Um, you know, my heart goes out to you. And um, but this past Friday, um, my record Espacion dropped. Um, it's on multiple platforms. You can get it worldwide on, um, like I said, Apple Music, Spotify, Title. Um, you name it, and name name the streaming app or name the streaming uh, service. It's on there. Um, but again, my single Espacion with Angie Stars is out there. And also, I just want to make an announcement that the music video, the official music video for Espacion, will be premiering next Tuesday. That's right, September fifth. It will be out to the world to see. I'm so proud of this video, and I hope you all enjoy it. I really, really do. But this week, we're going to talk about this past weekend's AEW All-In pay-per-view that took place in Wembley Stadium. Over 81,000 fans witnessed an historic event. And to go over this with me, once again joining me, 
is Gabby. So we're going to talk about the whole entire card. We're going to give you a little peek about what's happening this weekend at AEW's all-out pay-per-view that's taking place in Chicago. And let's not wait any longer. The AEW All-In Recap Show with Gabby starts right now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to introduce once again on the DLU podcast, the one and only Gabby. Thank you very much for coming back. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for inviting me. I definitely appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like I said, I always told you, you always have an open invite, you know, to the DLU podcast to talk a little bit of pro wrestling, a little bit of everything else. But, you know, before we get into the the all in um you know, results that took place this past Sunday, you know, we definitely have to talk about um, the huge law. I mean, we had two huge losses this week in pro wrestling. I covered it very briefly in last week's episode in my open, you know, losing Terry Funk because I was recording the open and closing on last Wednesday when Terry had passed away. But Mm -hmm. then I mean, 24 hours later, you know, we get the, uh, the tweet from uh, triple H saying he had got a call from Mike Rotunda, you know, uh, Bray Wyatt's dad, um, that Bray Wyatt had passed away and that I was like that completely ruined my day, ruined my week, ruined my, you know what I mean? And it was, it was like, damn man, like he was, he was such a unique dude and I'll, I'll, I'll have you chime in on what, you know, your thoughts and everything as far as Bray Wyatt, you know, passing away and like what he meant to you as, you know, as, as a wrestler, as a personality and everything else. Go ahead. I would say the most alarming and scary thing is that this man is literally my age and died of heart issues from COVID. Yeah. And I didn't even realize he was my age until I saw the screen and it said 1987. And I was like, oh my God, this man is my age and he passed away with heart issues. Like that is super scary. And like, it makes you sit up in your chair. Agreed. When those things happen, um, obviously right. he is a father. He has young children. He has Jojo. He has a family. It's just, it's very scary when you realize that people our age are passing away. So young, yeah. like Terry Funk, when he passed away, that man was 79 years old. He, he mm-hmm. lived a full life. Like you, you learn to grow and know that your heroes are going to pass away. Yeah, when someone right. is 36 and they pass away it's, it's just it stops you dead in your tracks it does and i mean kudos to every wrestler in every promotion i don't care if it's wwe um uh, aw you know all over the independence you know this weekend that you know had you know did some type of tribute to bray um i know a couple guys on um you know on naew did some tributes to him you know, obviously mm-hmm. over the weekend, WWE, you know, a lot of the, they had their tribute on SmackDown and they had a, a little tribute last um, on uh, on Raw this past Monday. And it's, you know, I'm just it's just a huge loss to the to the industry because Bray Wyatt, I was actually at Extreme Rules when he returned. I was there. Oh, my goodness. I was there. And you want to talk about pandemonium. Like, I've never experienced anything like that ever in any event that I ever went to for wrestling. And I was also at Raw 30 in Philly when um, he and Taker had that moment in the ring, you know, with mm-hmm. the whole L.A. night deal. And I said, well, damn, I got to be a part of two historic moments with Bray Wyatt. You know what I mean? And he will be sorely missed. You know, my heart goes out to um, to Mike Rotunda, his dad, you know, better known as IRS, mm-hmm. um, his obviously Bray's mom, 
his brother Taylor, known as Bo Dallas, his sister Micah, who I would sometimes talk to online from time to time. Um, Jojo, you know, his four kids, man, it's just a tough, tough situation. And for all the guys and girls that worked with him, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Going back to FCW, NXT, you know, you name it. But the only, I think, silver lining is that, you know, hey, he gets to, he gets to be back with his grandfather, Blackjack Mulligan. And he gets boy, reunited with Brody. Brody Lee. That's the only silver lining I, I could think of. And it was the heartbreaking thing was seeing Eric Rowan there. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm glad they brought him in. Yeah. Um, I was very happy when I turned on to Raw. Right I'm next sorry, to Triple I'll... H. Right yeah, next to Yeah, when Triple I turned H. on to SmackDown and I saw um, him and Braun Strowman, I was like, okay, great. WWE did the right thing. They did the right thing. And Tony Khan, and, and kudos to Tony Khan, too. He, he's allowing anybody, because I think uh, the funeral's tomorrow. And mm-hmm. he's allowing anybody that wants to go to Bray Wyatt's funeral, he'll rewrite Dynamite around who's there and who's not there for the simple fact of, you know, a lot of people in that company, you know, worked with Bray Wyatt or mm-hmm. or knew someone that did. So, you know, kudos to him. And I know it's like, like I said, a huge blow to the industry. I, I actually, Booker T on his um he was shit- oh my gosh that broke my heart oh man he literally you can see found- him sitting there yeah. thinking and processing and he's like it's a dead science and he's like yeah ray wyatt died like that it just it breaks your heart when you yeah, see again it you does. see that unbelievable man so like i said um rest in peace Wyndham rotunda you'll, you'll definitely be missed by all of us for sure but like i said this past weekend um aew put on um their first Real, their first stadium show, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the grand scheme of things, all in homage to the very first all in that took place five years ago. I can't believe that five years ago was all in in Chicago. The the first, you know, large OG, mm-hmm. yeah, independent show that uh, it's incredible, you know what I mean? So it, it's amazing to see how far, like. Ultimately, it came down to this was going to be leading up to AEW performing, you know, with Cody, the Bucks, you know, Kenny, Hangman. But to see how fast this company has grown in four years is incredible. And, you know, obviously, when they announced it, it was going to be for Wembley. You know, we've seen it. There was a lot of haters online talking about, oh, they're never going to sell out. They're probably going to do 30,000. And they kept moving the goalposts. Okay, mm-hmm. they sold out 30. Okay, they're not going to hit 45,000. Oh, they got oh, they got 50,000. They're not going to crack 60. And then when it when it was get when I, I follow on um, this this Twitter page, WrestleTicks. You know, WrestleTicks, you know, mm-hmm. on Twitter. And when they were really showing the amount of tickets that were actually sold, we're not talking about comps or anything like that. We're talking about 100%. tickets mm-hmm. sold. I'm like, this is huge, huge. So they it was a it was attendance of eighty one thousand thirty five fans that attended all elite wrestlers all elite wrestlings all in. Imagine Insane. that. Now, Insane. mind you, and and Tony Khan had mentioned in the uh, the scrum that it was actually almost close to ninety thousand when you count everybody, the comps, uh, the comps and, the and staff, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. So it was close to ninety thousand. So you know, congratulations to the con- congrats are in order for sure. But obviously, so to me. The only big storyline going into this event was the main event, which was MJF defending the championship against Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then obviously, because again, there were no matches really. Like w- there was really no matches. Of, you know what I mean? There, was there no were no matches. May I mean honestly, if you think about it, it's Tuesday and we have all out on Sunday, and I only know of like what. 
three or four matches, maybe five. Probably. Don't know what the main event's even going to be. Like, and he has a really bad habit of doing that. He ultimately kind of pulls it off, but like, I wish he would do a better job of like building and like not just announcing a card, but truly building the card. Give me the storyline. Give me right. something. Instead but of just I think saying, this hey, right. daddy ass versus, you know what I mean? Like, get, give me the storyline. Right. Like, give me the storyline. Right. But also, too, I think it's it goes back to the premise of what AEW is built off of. I mean, it is very indie, you know, with a little bit of sports entertainment. So mm-hmm. I think in this, in essence, you figure when you go to an independent show, yeah, you may know what a few matches are, but you may get a few surprises. So when you sell out 90k, I don't know if I can call you indie anymore. I see where you're going. Yeah. But like if you look right. at five years in or four or five years in, you kind of you can't cut him that slack anymore. Yeah, and again, I'm not calling AEW an indie company. I wanted there. I mean, no, no, no I know. By yeah, no, right. for sure. I see what you're saying. When you go to indie shows, you only know what usually the main event is because usually they have some big star and then they right. build around that. Um, I definitely understand the reference. However, I am not sure that I'm willing to cut AEW that slack four years in. Now, two years ago, I definitely would have given them the slack, but right. you can't say they're competing with WWE and the impacts of the world and then cut them slack. So it's like either they're competing with the big dogs or, or they're, they're not. not. For sure, 100%. So let's start off with, um, obviously, was it Zero Hour? Um mm-hmm. It was um, for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. It was um, Aussie Open. It was uh, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis defending against the AEW World Champion NJF and Adam Cole. Now, I kind of figured that this <laughs> meant – I honestly thought that it was going to end in like a countout or a DQ. I did not expect a title change. I did. It really? only adds to the storyline that moving forward with MJF and Adam Cole. Uh, so I had a feeling right. that they were going to draw. Now I will say I don't think they're going to have it very. I don't think they're going to have the titles very long. I think that ultimately they're probably going to end up defending against the Kingdom because you know you got to kind of find their way back to Ring of Honor, the Kingdom for sure. But I just don't see MJF hanging out in Ring of Honor that long. Adam Cole, obviously, that's where he's from. Like, right, absolutely. But MJF doesn't strike me as someone who's going to wrestle multiple times a week already, much less with freaking no shade to ring of honor like i respect ring of honor i think any wrestling fan respects the history of mm-hmm. ring of honor but i just don't see mjf hanging out there very long yeah like i was very i was very very surprised at the title change i thought one of the you figure maybe if cole would have gotten pinned because of like a mistake that mjf did which will cause further drama for the match later on that's what i was thinking also i think that's too easy yeah <laughs> that was my only thing about it. Yeah. I think that that was the angle that everyone was going. It's like, oh, you lost us the belts. Now I'm going to beat your ass. You know what I mean? Like, okay, sure. Checks out. But I just thought it was like the easy way out. So I didn't think they were going to get there. I'm pretty sure they were going to win the straps. Yeah. But again, kudos to um both of those guys. They basically did double duty. You know what I mean? So we'll mm-hmm. talk about that match later on, you know, in, in, in the uh, episode. But the next match in Zero Hour was for the FTW Championship. It was an FT, FTW rules match. Um, Jack Perry, the champion, was defending against the former champ Hook. Um, obviously, some uh, he was he pulled in with in a, in a car wherever it was. Mm-hmm. They had the overshot of outside of Wembley wherever it was. And he came in, and I think uh, Jack Perry said something in reference to uh, Mr. Punk. I think that you know it kind of riled him up a little bit, but something with the, something to do with glass or something like that because I think something that uh... oh yeah so apparently the back was that is that they had a production meeting and 
Jungle Boy, I'm sorry, Jack Perry said he wanted to do this spot with actual glass. And Punk was like, no, we use the sugar glass. We're not going to use real glass. And he was upset about that. So I'm, yeah, that's Tony the rumor Schiavone. that I heard. And Tony Schiavone also said the same thing to him. So it wasn't just Punk. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and mind you, Tony Schiavone's been around this industry a very long time. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And at the end of the day, it's like, Come on, like big, like cooler heads got to prevail in that sense. Like if you got a veteran telling you, "Hey, listen, I don't think this is a good idea because of like, why would you want? Why would you want to risk your your not only your career but your health and your life using real glass? Like something can easily you go don't wrong. have to do it anymore. Back in the day, yes, they use thrift store uh, tables. Right. You know what I mean? Like we don't have to do that anymore. We can just kind of we can fake it with a little bit of sugar and make it work. So I don't see right. what the issue is for sure. Um, I think he just was being a dick to be a dick, but yeah, we'll true. See, we see how that ended. We see, oh, how, you know what I mean? Boy, yeah, but anyways, overall, great match. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was a good match. I, right? Overall, it was a great match. Unfortunately, like everything is overshadowing that it was a great match. Um, I can mm-hmm. appreciate Hook. I love the fact that. See, my thing with Hook is that I don't necessarily always enjoy the undefeated storyline because eventually you gotta you gotta lose. Right. Um. So now that he's kind of taking his L, we can kind of see the true growth in Hook. Now that we're not just chasing this undefeated thing. So like, I'm happy for that. It was a great match. Um. You could tell at the end, Hook is very like, I don't talk, I don't do emotion. At the end, when he's walking back, you can tell he wanted to cry. Yeah, so but I, I, mean, I mean, imagine, imagine being that young in your career and you're mm-hmm. wrestling, and you're wrestling in, a in front stadium. of eighty thousand people, and you got your dad's championship. It's a lot going on for sure, Indeed. and I can appreciate the human aspect of him, like holding back his tears. You can tell, like, yeah, he was taking it all in, and was like, "This is this is a lot." Indeed, indeed. Now on to the main card. Now I was very surprised that this was the opening match. Um. For the real world championship, the champion CM Punk defending against the um, ROH television champion Samoa Joe. Now, a lot of us old school fans know about the epic battle in October mm-hmm. 2004 between these two men. And really put, I really felt help put Ring of Honor at that because Ring of Honor was only two years old at that point. Mm-hmm. And it started to really get eyes on the product. You know, of of Ring of Honor, that match really set really I'd say set the table for that promotion. But you know, they did really did some cool spots. I know Punk did the John Cena um five moves of doom spot into the Hogan leg drop. Samoa Joe kicks out at one, mm-hmm. pokes up. It was some it was it was very entertaining, but CM Punk did the Pepsi the Pepsi plunge, which he rarely uses, and Pen Samoa Joe to retain the uh, real world championship. Um, it was they they built it up a little bit because again we were talking about it earlier in regards to like they didn't have time to really build any stories or whatever. But I think you know those two entity those two guys the story the the history sells itself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know they were talking smack back at each other. I know Punk attacked them. And he he said, you know, he accepted the challenge and that was that. But nice match. You know, the fans were solely behind Joe for a little while. Then they went back with Punk and, you know, the whole deal. But, you know, hopefully, um, obviously, you know, we've alluded to it. You know, the fisticuffs that took place backstage after this, you know, before Punk came out. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's unfortunate. You know, they're talking about both those guys may not even be on this weekend's all-out pay-per-view. So... Let's see what happens, as they say. 
<laughs> yeah, it's going to be weird that you have three shows in Chicago without Punk. Um, so I guess we'll see how this all plays out. But yeah. speaking as an HR professional who literally, I literally do investigations, the yeah. odds of this being wrapped up with a nice bow by, um, hell, tomorrow, much less nah. Sunday, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate, the timing of it all. It's also unfortunate that here we are. You're two days from the major event. You over this overshadowed the actual all in, which was amazing. And now we're multiple days from the other event, and this is what we're talking about. And we're calling up. We're calling it. Remember last year was brawl out. Now it's mm-hmm. brawl in. in. Crazy. Next, we have um the uh, trios match with the uh, Bullet Club Gold Juice uh, with uh, Juice Robinson and Jay White and um um Kenoshie, um Tashida. Um, Don Callis and um, the Ass Boys in their corner against um, the Golden the Golden Elite, Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, and um, Hangman Adam Page. You know some really stiff, sh- you know some stiff action in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, hard hitting. I mean, it was your typical. I mean, obviously when you when you got guys that's been in New Japan that wrestle that that, that strong style, you know, type of style at that level. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So these guys have been there. They've been successful there. You know, obviously you're talking about. Two guys that were the uh really three guys that were the IWGP heavyweight champion, you know, obviously Jay White, um, Kenny Omega, and Kota Abushi. So, I mean, hey, you know, those guys have been over there opposite, but hangman, you know, they they've all wrestled New Japan. But I thought this was the right call, but the way the pin happened was I was just gonna waiting for you. I was waiting for the the match was ended weird. It did. It didn't seem like it. Okay, so like I understand the matches in weird, right? Because we'll get to a match shortly on the card that also ended kind of weird. So like right. that, it checks out for sure. But this just seemed like it ended not how it was supposed to. Obviously, we're not bookers. We're not in the backstage. We don't know what happened. But it just right. didn't seem cohesive. Like it was like, oh, all right, it's over. Yeah, it was like go on. Really? Tell me more. Yeah, like, you know, they, it, was... like, it just it just didn't it, it didn't. And I'm sure I don't know. Um. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it was supposed to end that way. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Well, they it were harping ended. on commentary that you know it was his pin on because he, he pinned Omega, correct? Yes. Yeah, he and I think, mm-hmm. right. He and I think that's what they wanted to go with the fact that he did pin Kenny Omega, and they were harping on that. And I think that may have been the way that the the, the creative was to really get that shine on him to say the fact that he pinned him, you know, in London. So, hey, but I mean, I, I guess, sure, but like weird. Weird. Yeah, it was just we've seen matches like that. That was like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Next, which I thought was one of the matches of the night, was for the uh, AEW World Tag Team Championships. Um, the champions FTR going against the Young Bucks, and there were so many near falls in this match. I mean, tag team action as a, I, I, two of the best tag teams in the world right now. The, these two absolutely teams. um it's it's the match that you always wanted and you're mm-hmm. happy that finally happened they delivered the boys went out there and they put on an amazing show but what else do you expect from a match from the bucks and ftr you know right. what i mean like what you knew it was going to be a hard hitting high intense match and we got it and it makes me happy um just Hopefully the, we'll see it again because the yeah. ending of that match with the he didn't shake his hand so they say yeah that was we're gonna that run it back um, yeah. this weekend I don't know I got a feeling that we're gonna get some things ran back I don't know what um but hopefully that's one of the matches they run back we'll see 
like just doing you figure with the FTR doing the BTE trigger, you know what I mean? <laughs> and you know, they were doing each other's moves, which I thought which I thought was was a nice wrinkle, nice touch to it. But I mean, man, they I mean, they beat the living hell out of each other. And I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, I wasn't expecting anything less, but man, they gave me so much more. And it was it was a it was a beautiful match. Mm-hmm. That I think that match went 21 minutes, 45 seconds. And I will say that the majority of the matches was giving a lot of time. Obviously, we'll get to one match later on that didn't get a lot of time. We'll talk <laughs> about sure. that in a minute. But, of course, this was the night, this is the part, rather, where shit hit the fan. It's Stadium Stampede, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, That's right. so <laughs> I have thoughts. Okay, go ahead. Um. I can appreciate putting on a stadium stampede match. So like, I'm not taking that away from that. However, my issues with this match are you could tell that they had spots planned and the camera, they were cutting the spots too quickly. So like, I couldn't follow what was happening because it was too much going on and they were cutting because I understand they're all in different areas of the stadium, right? Yes. It just didn't flow well between the cuts. Maybe they should have had a better job at doing picture in picture during that match. But it just seemed like they would rub up for a spot and they're like, all right, pull the camera. Right, so like it just right. had a lot going on. Obviously, with Mox, you knew you were going to get some bleeding and all of that fun things. Oh, my, and um, I, I tweeted that. I said, like, oh, Mox is bleeding. <laughs> but yeah, so in this just, match, right, in this match, it was uh, Eddie Kingston, uh, Penta El Zero Miedo, um, Best Friends, and Orange Cassidy um, against uh, the Blackpool um, Combat Club along with uh, Mike Santana and Ortiz. And, man, I'll tell you what, though. Orange Cassidy, that dude could take some punishment, man. I got to be honest oh, with you. Oh, my goodness. He, I, ay ay ay. Like, I thought he was going to drop a while ago, and he just keeps going. Because I'm like, this man needs a break. Like, let him drop. I think he's going to eventually drop on Saturday or Sunday. That's different. We'll talk about that later. Um mm-hmm. But I do think that, like, give this man a break. And I think that whoever takes the strap from him needs to be able to take the heat and take what's happening. So I think it will be Mox. But just Orange Cassidy is just a fucking worker, man. Like, yeah, he is. He's even really at the, good. Even at the presser, he was sitting there. He's like, when they were, like, doing face-to-face, he's like, yeah, I'm tired. I need to sit back down now. <laughs> like, I, I can't. Yeah, that was right yeah, that was, that was was a hell of a match. I mean, they beat the – I mean, they literally beat the holy hell out of each other. Of course, you got – um. The, the guy I call Tim's in Newport's uh Eddie Kingston, my man. Coming <laughs> you know, down his Ewing jersey. I was like, yes, show <laughs> yeah. him. Bring him but, home, baby. Bring but him he home. had a he had a, a he was crimson mask with his face mm-hmm. and he had the the chair the barbed wire chair. I'm like, oh boy. Reminded me last year when he had the gasoline ready to set Chris Jericho on fire. <laughs> yes. When he came down ready to go and it yeah. just didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Eddie, <laughs> yeah. Listen, everybody, every, every, every roster needs a guy like Eddie Kingston, man. Like, I like I really like Eddie. Cause that like that's who you what you see from what I know from workers in the biz, like who you see on TV is that's pretty much him in real life. Oh, yeah. Everyone has said that. Like, he does yeah. not, he's not a like turn it on, turn it off type of guy. Like, yeah, 100 percent when he cuts a promo, it's him cutting a promo. Like, it's not. His character cutting a promo. It's no, no, no. That's Eddie. That's yeah. just how he's cut. Like, if you catch him in a bodega <laughs> on, the, on the corner, like, he's going to be the same. Yeah, absolutely. He ain't faking it. Nope, not, nope, not. And now, you know what? Not going to appreciate that. Mm-hmm. This episode of the DLU podcast is brought to you by Goalie Nutrition. As someone who's used Goalie for quite some time, I can tell you that they're not only very good, but they're very beneficial. My favorite are the Super Green Gummies. 
The super green gummies are uniquely crafted with a spectrum of essential nutrients such as vitamins A, B12, folic acid, and theamine. It supports a healthy liver function, healthy nervous and immune system, digestive health, a boost to your metabolism, and overall health and well-being. There are no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or colors from artificial sources. They're vegan-friendly, gluten-free, and gelatin-free. All loyal listeners of the DLU podcast get a special 10% discount at checkout. Go to Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. That's Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. Next, we have um, for the it was a fatal it was a four way match for the AEW Women's World Championship. The champion um, Hikaru Shida defending against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Tony Storm, and Soraya. Now, I will say this: that was really cool for um, Soraya. She coming out to Queens, we will rock you because they're in England, and she came out with her entire family: um, Ricky Knight, her dad, her mom, um, Soraya Knight her two brothers um escorting her to the ring i thought that was really really cool nice touch um hometown girl coming back home um tony star coming out to god save the queen i thought that was cool and of course you know sheeta and uh, Dr. uh Britt baker coming out Britt baker is, is respected by everybody but this match only got eight minutes and 50 seconds yep it was a very quick match for it to be a fatal four-way um especially yeah. because i think it's another of those matches where we all knew who was going over I, I mean, I wanted Soraya to go over it. I mean, I'm I in the minority. I'm in the minority. I'm in the I'm in the minority with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, because- I get it. Like, I understand why she went over. It checks out. It makes sense. Um, it just the ending sets me up for hopefully we're gonna run it back. Um, mm-hmm. it just it. I hate the way that the the way they have these weird endings with when the women's belt changes hands. They have the weird ending we talked about when I was on the show last time with right. Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm. And now you get another weird ending. It's just, it's just, it's weird booking. And also honestly upsets me that we had this iconic show and we only had one women's match. And the one women's message you put on it, you only have on for eight minutes and 50 seconds. And like, I understand the rumors where they were trying to pay homage to the old, the, the OG where they only have the one woman's match, but like, no, do not gaslight me. Like I'm truly kind of upset that they had that, that yeah. had one match Um, as a women's wrestling fan. And as a woman, like it kind of upsets me. And then you got a quick match. That was, yeah, that was, I, I will say the spot of the night, the spot of the match though was when, Oh, Storm that storm. curb stomp. <laughs> not, not, not only the curb stomp, well, no, when Tony Storm accidentally hits Soraya Knight and she was ready to hop the rail, I said, that is a scary woman. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, she was pregnant with Paige when she was wrestling. wrestling. Mm-hmm. She was wrestling when she was pregnant. I said, that is a tough, that is a tough woman. Mm-hmm. I said, I wouldn't mess with her now. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> she will, she will, she will bite you. <laughs> like, seriously. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But I, I forgot to highlight this though. Throughout the entire event, they kept showing Mercedes Monet in the crowd mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what i mean and you know they brought her over as a special guest and she was sitting in the crowd i thought that was interesting i was thinking hmm maybe with the history that her and uh soraya have hopefully when she is clear and tony khan made it very very clear she is not clear to wrestle you know what i mean i mean there's a picture going around where it's the full picture where she's still in her um her boot 
Yeah. So, I mean, Tony Khan made it clear, like, no, she is, she was just a guest and she is not clear to wrestle. But the, again, to your, you know, the story does, you know, tell itself. Maybe if, if Soraya is champion by the time she is cleared and able to sign her, maybe, but we'll see. But again, Soraya does win the AEW World's, the Women's World Championship. You know, considering this woman was, her career was over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Her career was over due to a, a nasty injury. You know, there were some things online, obviously, that's, you know, the, 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 the drama she was going through with that, which I felt extremely sorry for her. I really, really did. And the fact that she was able to overcome all of that and, you know, def- you know, defeat the odds and, and and come back strong and and be back where she where she should be. Again, that was the only reason I was pulling for her. But nonetheless, again, congrats in order to the brand new AEW Women's World Champion, Soraya. Now, next match, which I thought it was it was this was comical. Um, the coffin match. With uh, <laughs> Swerve Strickland and Christian Cage, you know, with Chris Nana doing his dance, <laughs> gotta love it. Shout out to Absolutely. Chris Nana. One of again, um, I had an opportunity to meet. We we we're we're friends on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I had an opportunity to meet him last year in December at the seminar that I went to in Tom's River. You know, for a lot of people that are in the business, and he and I had an opportunity to really just chop it up, really to finally get a a face to a, you know what I mean? To, you know, to a name, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And you know, he was just so uplifting and so positive and he just told me to keep doing what I'm doing. So, you know, huge shout out to a Prince. I was so glad to see Prince now out on a, on a, on a show like this, a guy that's been really been paying his dues for years, but again, they faced Darby Allen and sting and Oh my God, I popped the pop. huge, huge. They had him coming out to seek and destroy by Metallica. I said, "Oh my god, that was mm-hmm. so cool! That was so cool." Uh, for those that One know or don't thing know, Tony gonna do is he's gonna pay for a song. He gonna pay for absolutely. Music, that was Sting's theme in WCW in the late nineties and early two thousands. That was his. That was his theme in WCW. Except that that version that Sting was coming out to in WCW was an actually a live version from Woods. I believe it was Woodstock. I believe that. Um, that Metallica actually did. But nonetheless, it, the, when I heard the first guitar riff, I'm like, oh man, that was so, it, it was mm-hmm. amazing. Pretty, really, really cool. But some some scary spots. My God, Darby Allen, that man's bones must be made of solid steel, man. Because he was doing all those spots with like, with no arms. Literally, <laughs> mm-hmm. no arms. He Because they, they tied his arms up with like, I guess, electrical tape or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And he's literally just throwing himself Caution to the wind, everything, and outside the ring, dies, suicide dies. I'm like, man. But um, Sting was a 64, 65 years old, still doing Sting things. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can't help, you can't help but love it. But I thought the cool spot was when he put it, when Swerve put him in the coffin, and he had his bat, and he put the bat in between the um, the you know the the lid, mm-hmm. and you know he was able to he was wasn't able to close it, but. Sting, you know, does the was it the Scorpion Death Drop, mm-hmm. and Darby does the Coffin Drop his. and puts mm-hmm. him. Yeah, Sean Ross Sap, huge shout out to Sean Ross Sap. Up, oh, he's at the match. He's like, they, they got to run it back. Swerve's braids are still out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate it. Yeah, I mean, you knew what the match was going to be when you when they booked it, and I'm just excited that Swerve got that moment. Like we, Darby gets his moment. Sting always gets his moment. I'm just very happy that a young black man got his moment. Absolutely, and um, hey man, listen, Christy Case, that man's wrestling in a sleeveless turtleneck. <laughs> Yo, 
I don't know what's happening, but yes, yes, he was. Oh my god, <laughs> this is like when 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 you talk about over the top ridiculousness, crazy, unbelievable. Next, um, we have um a match that support that was that was really good. It was solid. Um, Will Ospreay with uh, Don Callis against Chris Jericho with Sammy Guevara. Obviously, Chris coming out to uh, sing it. He literally had <laughs> Fozzie. Yeah, he had Fozzie on the top of the um the aisleway. The band set up and they played they played Judas to the ring, which is mm-hmm. really cool because uh, Fozzie did a show. I think that Friday night in England. Mm-hmm. And you know, he had got on the mic and he was de- you know dedicating the whole weekend to a Wyndham Rotunda Bray Wyatt, and and, I, and it was cool to hear because like, I've heard Judas live when I saw Fozzie last year when it came to where I live and I had a chance to see Fozzie live actually Jericho's a showman really really good so it was really cool to hear a live version of Judas and man hard hitting match um mm-hmm. just a, a just a solid match and you can tell because that that what Jericho told Will Osprey was true. You know, when he was just telling him to slow down, you know, this is a few years ago. And yeah, obviously, and you can just tell that he's listening to a lot of veterans now, because I think Will Ospreay in January is going to be one of the most sought after talents in the business. You figure I don't with, think he's it, going anywhere, though. You think he's going to stay in New Japan? I, I think so. I mean, he's made it very clear he doesn't want to live in the States. He said it multiple times. Yeah. But you know what, though? It's nice to be it's nice to be courted. It's nice to be wanted and run the checkup. So if everyone's giving these offers, you can go back Absolutely. to the W and say, hey, listen, they're going for me this. What you got for me? So run, get your money, young man. I'm always for that. Get but your I'm money, not bro. sure he's going to go anywhere. Get your money, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bro. But no, um, Osprey does hit his finisher on Jericho and gets the win. And it was, you know what? Jericho's Teflon. I mean, at the end of the day, I lost. It's Jericho. I mean, it's Jericho, he's right? He's, right. But it's interesting to see what's going to happen because obviously Sammy was trying to help him and Jericho was was putting on the whole all. Oh, he was disappointed in himself and everything. And he just go, you know, he just leaves him in the ring. And that's how that match ends. Next up, we have the um, trios match for the trios championship with um, the House of Black, the champions, uh, Malachi Black, Brody King and Buddy Matthews going up against the acclaimed. Not daddy ass, but badass Billy Gunn. Mm-hmm. Um, nice touch, you know, with uh Buddy holding up the lantern to uh, honor Bray Wyatt. Obviously, when they turned out the house lights, you know, it, it, by this time it was really dark outside, and you know they had the fireflies, and I'm just like, man, that was just that was nice. That was nice scenery there, mm-hmm. and you know, again, it wasn't a it wasn't supposed to be a technically sound match. It was 100%. you know when you got. It was supposed to do a job, and it did its job. But I think too that was that was the get ready for the main event because when you have a match like that, you know, and I'm not taking anything away from these six guys because they are really really talented. But you forget this match is only ten minutes fifty seconds. You know, go out there, hit some spots, you know, do do the deal, and you know, send send you know make the crowd happy. You know, you do the big scissor thing in the end, and yes, you do. We do have brand new AEW World's Trios champions, you know, Daddy Ass hitting the um the Famouser. And there you have it. I like the fact that he, I think he can use Badass Billy Gunn because he spells bad with two Ds, not one mm-hmm. D. So for those- Hopefully uh, um, that match is a setup for him putting his sons over and then t- the boys taking the guns or Bullet Club Gold taking the Trios title. I hope that's where they're going with that. Um, yeah, I can see it. Billy Gunn was kind of hanging out to make sure his boys were good. And so oh, I agree. hope- that's where that storyline is going that eventually down the road and then 
next month or so because i know billy gunn probably does actually want to retire um that yeah. he gets to put his boys over one good time before he walks away i tell you this excuse my language that fucking guy is in incredible shape for over 60 mm-hmm. years old i mean literally Absolutely. like this this dude i mean he looks good yeah compare him to sting respectfully compare him respectfully to sting. you know what i mean like but i mean but billy billy is a gym rat and i mean mm-hmm. he literally looks incredible like i put it to you this way if he if he was if he wanted to do it full time i'm pretty sure he can get a world championship run if he really wanted to if he because wanted it for sure if he if he really wanted to but i think he's in the place in his career where he's he's backstage he's producer he's you know agent. i mean look at colt like he's jacked and ripped like his dad. I'm sure his obviously his dad trains him or helps train him. You know what I mean? Yeah, like absolutely. He's just I mean, again, respectfully look, look at him compared to someone like Sting. Look at him compared to like all the other old older gentlemen from like our time. Like right, right, the right, gun right. still can go. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And it is now time for the main event um for the uh AEW World Championship. They are the tag team champions of Ring of Honor. It's Reyes, it's NJF um, going up against um, Adam Cole. NJF had a really cool entrance, you know, being it's very Triple H esque. Very, very, very. I like and, it. And, but I mean, at the end of the day, like Triple H inspires everyone. So entrance, that's no shade. Sure. That is no shade whatsoever. But I'm just saying it's very Triple H esque. Agreed. And it was, they, and, and I think in the early part of the match, they both put on their I'm Better Than You Baby t shirts, mm-hmm. which, which is a nice wrinkle. Sign of were, respect, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, they rent. Like, you know, they, they, tons of spots throughout the match. I mean, they really, and I think it got to the point where it's like, well, who could trust who? And they were mm-hmm. starting to run those type of spots in the match. And of course, they pin each other. And I'm just like, wait a minute. And I thought this was going to be the part where Punk comes out to chant, like, no, there's not going to be a draw because I'm still the real world champion. That's where I thought they were going. But no, Adam Cole said five minutes, five more minutes. And MJF was like, no, 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 no. We're not doing five minutes. We're finishing this tonight. We're, we're finishing this tonight in Wembley. And they did. And, of course, you had some um, interference with uh, Roddy Strong. I don't know where they're going with this. I was thinking, oh, is this where MJF turned? You know what I mean? Like, it's like so it's so much going on at one time. I'm just like, where are they going? Where are they going? And I didn't think they would have a turn at this particular show. I think that it's so good right now. I think it'd be foolish to cut it right now. Right, um, right, right. Obviously, we're going to get a turn because, you know. But we don't know. Be. And that's um, cool. We, we're, in the, we're all in I'm the dark. Fine. We don't know. Exactly. And I'd be a fan. Enjoy it. But I did not think that uh, the turn was going to happen at Wembley, especially with them having the belts. We need to get, I like I said, I truly think that um, – they're going to Roddy's going to come for that tag team title, and that's going to be a huge factor. Um, it was a, definitely a great match. Like I, MJF puts on an amazing show, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's MJF. He really can't wrestle. He's a heel." Like MJF has shown you that he can go with the best. He can go with Daniel Bryan. He can go with whomever you throw him in the ring with. He can go. Um, so just kudos to MJF for always putting on a match. Um, I actually like babyface MJF. It's Weird different. That it, sounds. It's different. It's different. It's, it's, it's different. It's, Listen, mm-hmm. people people say, oh, he can't wrestle. First of all, he got trained at Creative Pro just to kind of get behind the curtain a little bit. Mm-hmm. For those that know or don't know, Creative Pro is in New York, in um, I think either Queens or Long Island, New York. Um, I believe my uh, Brian Myers is one of was one of the head trainers there. And there's a lot of talent that's come out of Creative Pro. Mm-hmm. I mean Cut out to Chris Datlander. She's the first woman to come out of Creative Pro. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Um, Caster and um a, a lot of those guys. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of creative pro. 
that that's an AEW. So I mean, you know, MJF can go, and I mean, he's he's definitely put on some muscle mass, and he's really looking oh yeah, he's cut, he, 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 he is definitely. So you know, hey, you know, I'm glad that he's um going about it, and and hopefully we'll see what happens. I mean, if that if he's ultimately going to be a babyface. Then hey man, I'm all for it. You know whatever they want to do to make him the face of the company, then go ahead do it. It's gonna cost. It's gonna cost them. But hey, if if you want your homegrown, if he if he's cl- truly mm-hmm. a pillar of AEW, pay the man. If they pay the elite and and, and Kenny and those guys and uh, Hangman, then I think they could pay they could pay MJF as well. So, but again, MJF does win with an inside cradle to retain the AEW World Championship. And of course, you know Adam Cole's all mad and upset, and he's pushing. I think he threw the the uh, the tag the out of, out of mm-hmm. the ring, and the fans are chanting "Hug it out, hug it out, hug it out," and they do indeed hug it out. Um, of course, there's confetti going out. You know, they're both hitting the pose on the on the corners of the ring, but of course, you see the kingdom coming down. You know, just watching. So I'm just thinking, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen. So. You know, I guess we got to stay tuned for um, tomorrow night's AEW Dynamite. But like I said, what a night! I mean, it was it was it, first of all to watch a, a pay per view in the afternoon for the Sunday afternoon. Oh man, <laughs> like I, it was like, damn, it's five o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, I can actually do stuff. It's almost right, like I, was gonna say, just, I can actually do things now. It's incredible. To, like the Sunday night when you're like, it's I have to go to work in the morning. Can you all wrap this up? <laughs> right. So. Here's the thing. So now that we're a few days away from All Out, the only matches that are signed so far are the following. For the TNT Championship, it's Darby Allen challenging Luchasaurus, but really the guy that wears the belt is Christian Cage. Mm-hmm. You have a, a singles match. It's Powerhouse Hobbs versus Miro. For the TBS Championship, it's Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho. For the International Championship, is Penta El Zero Miedo. Um, versus John Moxley versus the champion Orange Cassidy, and of course you have Kanosuke Kashida going up against Kenny Omega. So those are only five matches that have been signed so far for this Saturday's All Out. You know, to be Sunday. honest with you, mm-hmm. yeah, the Sunday. I'm sorry, yeah, because Saturday is um payback for uh, for WWE. But I gotta tell you, like, I don't see um Luchasaurus losing that TNT title anytime soon. I just can't see it. You know, I, I could be totally wrong about it. You know, with Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs, it was just a match that seemed like it was just thrown together. 100%. Like, there's no story behind it. There's nothing behind it. Like, we no. haven't even seen Miro. We saw Miro, like, what, twice on Collision? Like Right. And then the the, the Chris Statlander-Ruby Soho match, okay, I get it. Maybe Ruby Soho can maybe win the title and get, you know, obviously they'll have two champions in um, the Outcast, and maybe they can kind of patch things up. Then, you know, for the international championship, uh, I can't see Mox winning that championship. That's just me. I think Orange Cassidy pins Penta. Oh, no, that's not the match. The winner of, so Penta goes against Cassidy tomorrow night. And the winner oh, of that's right. Oh, Moxley. yeah, I read it wrong. Right, 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 right. So, hmm, then that that's going to be really interesting. Um, Then maybe John Moxley does win it on Saturday. Because I, I think totally, so. Yeah, it, it, Moxley will probably win it on Saturday. And with um the with this match with Omega and um Tesquita, um maybe Kenny, you know, gets one back. You know, now this is now it's a singles match. He gets one back, but who knows? Sure. Um we'll see. I don't I don't know how that's gonna go. Yeah, I need to see how that plays out. 
Right. So, I mean, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot going on, you know, with, with AEW, you know, again, I don't want to talk about the other uh, negative stuff, but I think the fact that um, they did over a $10 million gate at Wembley, you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. is, that is incredible. You know, they already announced that all in is going to be back in Wembley next year in 2024, August 25th, I believe 2024. Mm-hmm. For all in back at Wembley. So I mean, the fact that they were able to do, you know, ten million dollars, you know, this very young company, you know, doing that now that there's going to be, you know, that people know what this event is, and now this, oh, the tickets are probably going to go even faster now because they, oh, they, yep. So you book it, they will come. You promote it, they will come. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I just hope that whatever it is that's going on backstage and another thing i gotta say this too now granted i do have contemporaries that are in the journalism space and kudos to a lot of them that are doing it the right way but there's just certain things that fans just should not know in my opinion agreed agreed and that's where it goes into so my background i have a um my bachelor's in journalism um Mm -hmm. i do not write anymore but i know how to write um, I know how to navigate the space. Everyone with a microphone and an iPhone is not is not a journalist. Simple as that. Um, and right. it's unfortunate that everyone thinks that they are a journalist. Just because you're a blogger or, and again, you have this microphone in front of you does not make you a journalist. Um, there are rules to journalism. There are certain Agreed. things that we do not talk about. There are certain things that we do not cover right. um, for various reasons. And it makes me upset when you have someone who claims to be this journalist and they're not i mean i give credit to sean ross sap where he's like oh no not a journalist i'm a fan right. i got it you know what i mean like he will he, he, he goes out there right. by you and like oh no i'm not a journalist but, a that trusted is not what source, but he is a very but he is a very trusted source because he does and the, not the reason skew. why he gets so much trust and personally for me is that when he's wrong he says he's wrong agreed whereas Metzler's like, oh, well, my bad. I got a bad source. They, that's what they told me. I don't know what to tell you. That's what they told me. No, but, but he met wrong. Nah, Melter, no, Melter makes up a lot. Let, let's keep it real. Melter makes up a lot of stuff. He just throws things in the dark and sees what sticks. Absolutely. Um, He's been doing that for almost 50 years. So, I mean, absolutely. But then again, that's like I said, that's my issue with him is that like he just throws shit out and sees what sticks. Where again, when Ross is wrong, he's like, yo, my bad. I was wrong. Here's a retraction. Here's what's going on. Um, right. Um, like they were like fans were going after Denise Salcedo the other day because she asked the big show about, you know, Bray Wyatt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I know and like I've met Denise and she's I mean, she, I don't think she meant any ill intent at all. But somebody so here's she, so mm, I have thoughts on that. So she everyone knows that the big show is an emotional gentleman. Mm-hmm. Nothing's wrong with that. I love a good emotional man. Show me those tears. Show me be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. What soundbite was she truly trying to get from freaking Big Show? What was the point of it? So, journalists, you ask questions for a reason. What was the point of asking Big Show about it? What were you thinking? What were you going to get out of that? What like amazing clip were you going to run with from asking respectfully Big Show, right. who has not wrestled in a long time, who is not the face of anything? He's behind the scenes. What did you think you were getting out of that? That is my issue with that. And I understand she is quote unquote a journalist and she has to ask these questions. But again, what was the point of that? And if she wanted to talk to him about it, what she should have done was asked him off camera 
and then quoted him in a story. Because again, it just happened less than 24 hours, 24 hours ago. Yeah, it's still that, fresh yeah. for everyone. There right. are ways to, again, if you're a true journalist, you mm-hmm. would know there are ways to respectfully cover these things. And she did not do that, unfortunately. So do I want to see someone get torn down like she was getting torn down? Absolutely not, especially as a woman in the wrestling space. I will never condone that. However, a true journalist would have navigated that differently. And that goes to our rant about journalism and wrestling. Who's a journalist and who's not? Indeed. And again, I and, and for all intents and purposes, again, I'm not a journalist. I'm just the host of the D Loop podcast. Oh no, I'm, for sure. That was yeah. I wasn't taking shots at anybody. Yeah. And I'm just no, but I let people know like friends, I'm not a wrestler, but... I'm not a journalist or whatever <laughs> the case may be. But like I was just very fortunate to, you know, for the one time got, you know, opportunity to cover WrestleMania for my podcast. And it was mm-hmm. great. I was it was a great experience and getting to talk to guys like Chris Van Vliet and getting to talk to people like Issa, you know, uh, Demon Diva. Mm-hmm. Or Sean Ross Sapp or Ariel Hawani, you know, what I mean, the, the the world famous Ariel Hawani, who I've been following for 13 years, ever since his days when he started the um, MMA hour on AOL. Like I was mm-hmm. following him back then. So to and kept Keith Elliott Greenberg, you know, what I mean, like the list goes on and on of people that, you know, I got a chance to rub shoulders with and just really kind of talk with and pick their brains. It was it was an honor. But I, I make it very clear. I'm not a journalist. I'm just a, I'm just a podcast host that. I cover everything, whether it's wrestling or music or, you know, film and TV, whatever the case. But obviously, my heart and soul is with with pro wrestling. Thus, I have you on this show with me. And Mm -hmm. I definitely appreciate um, what, you know, what you do. But um, before we get out of here, you know, just tell the people once again where they could find you on social media and um, and everything in, in between or any other podcast you belong to. All right. So you guys can find me on all social media at H-I-I-G-A-B-I-I. Hi, Gabby. Um, I am not tied down to any podcast just yet, but stay tuned. You never know. Okay. Well, again, you know, we're going to get out of here now, but um, thank you so much for um for giving us your time once again. And I'm pretty sure we'll be covering some events soon down the road for sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, that does it for this week's edition of the D-Loop Podcast. Once again, I want to thank Gabby for joining me to go over um, an historic AEW All-In pay-per-view. And um, I hope to have her back on soon for covering more shows, that's for sure. Well, this podcast, again, doesn't happen without you, you all. And this is your first time listening to this show. First off, I want to say thank you for tuning in for the very first time. But even if it's not your first time, and if you haven't subscribed, what are you waiting for? Hit that subscribe button regardless of which platform you're on. If it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, wherever you can get podcasts, even Pandora, make sure you hit that subscribe button so whenever there's new content from the DLU Podcast, you get it instantaneously, okay? Go to my store. All right, there's a there's a new uh, tease that just dropped, um, Lewis.com. You can actually get the new Espacion t-shirt that's live and in living color on shop.daratlewis.com. You can follow me on all social media, threads, the X app, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, Spill app, Mastodon, Hive, TikTok, at the real DTLU, Facebook, okay? Derek T. Lewis official page. You can also go to my YouTube channel. You can look me up under Derek T. Lewis or The Real DT Lou. You'll get there. You'll be able to see all of my music videos, acting reels, you know, etc. etc. Everything, everything me, everything Derek T. Lewis is on my YouTube channel. 
Now, once again, as I said at the beginning of the show, and I'll say it again, Espacion, the song, is out on all platforms. Make sure you get it. In addition to, like I said, the music video is dropping on September 5th, the day after Labor Day. So get your, you know, get your eat on, whatever on Labor Day, cookouts, yada, yada, Tuesday morning, all new video, brand new video. I'm so excited for this project and where it's going to go. Well, I'm going to get out of here. And just remember, as I always say, no matter what you do in life, always remember to make it count. See you next time.